This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Jonathan Hansen. You're listening to the Warning Radio program. This is a very, very unique program today. Originally, it was not meant to be a radio program. We were just talking off set, although it was actually being recorded. And I thought the conversation was so good that I asked him permission, as you'll hear at the end, if we could play it. And he said, go ahead. And so now you're going to be listening to Apostle Don Beasley. He's a senior pastor at Turning Point City Church in Dixon, Illinois. And the last point I brought across to him is the latest report from George Barna. It says only 6% of Americans have a biblical worldview. Research from George Barna finds, again, from the Christian Post. So now he's going to be commenting to that. Yeah, you know what? One time when I I was teaching in a Christian school, I was teaching a high school Bible Uh for about five or six years. Yeah. And uh, all these kids that were in this school all were from, their parents all were church people. Sure. So I went to the board and I said, you know, I would like to do a Christian worldview survey with these kids. And um, they are like, oh, and I said, I just think you'd be shocked if you saw what I think you're going to see. Right. And I did it with them. We took about a week to administer it. And I took about three different surveys and I took the questions that I thought would best work for the kids, you know. Uh huh. And then I took it and I put it into a, I built an access program to query it, the whole thing, so I could get the answers to everything, you know. And um, it was absolutely astonishing. Only a 15% of them had a Christian worldview. Wow. 85% of them not. I mean, they would say things like, you'd say the Bible is the Word of God and is the only authoritative source for moral behavior sure question like that right sure they had all of them a hundred percent say yes that's they believe that's true but then you ask a follow-up questions to that like how many times do you read the bible once a month you know <laughs> once every day once a week bi-weekly monthly whatever and it was absolutely amazing they never read the bible yeah <laughs> i mean not, not at all and when they would say that you consult the bible for answers to issues or problems, it would be the last place they would go. Exactly. You know, a lot of people, if you ask them, do you believe in cohabitation? Is that a sin? No, it's not a sin. Do you accept alternate lifestyles as a Christian? Can a Christian boy be a lesbian? Yeah, sure. They can. I mean, they've accepted society's views. 
Well, they're just overwhelmed. Again, you're back to the pulpit, so pastors won't touch down the 10-foot pole from the pulpit. You're exactly right. And and this is, you know, this is what I've been screaming, Don, since my vision in 1985, that the problem is the pastor behind the pulpit. That's what the Lord told me when I saw his heart broke. And I said, why? He said, because my church is in love with the world more than me. I said, why? He said, because of the pastor behind the pulpit. Oh, yeah. It's a, that goes along, I'll, I'll say, with, a, with my pastor. That's one of the things that I, when we were at this music festival, you know, when this happened, you know, right after that, I wrote some papers. And when I was a kid growing up, people that were in those groups were called Holy Rollers, Bible Thumpers, Fundamentalists. I mean, they, they were called every name under the book, you know, that you could throw at them. Sure. But they didn't care. I mean, when people when people would need, were in a wheelchair or they needed healing or deliverance or whatever, like they had to write down to the Holy Roller group because those people had an audience with God, man. They could get things done, you know? That's exactly right. That's exactly And over time, though, the people that were in ministry became uh, really depressed or whatever over the name-calling, and they wanted to be recognized by the people. They had an audience with God uptown, but they wanted to be recognized by the men downtown. I know. My father. So they traded, you know, for the nicer buildings and the better reputations and this and that and whatever until they got it. Then they had no audience with God uptown, and the men downtown, they found out they didn't like them anyway. Yeah, my father was an Assembly of God minister till he died over, you know, he had his 50-year ordination pin. And uh, growing up, obviously, you know, they, my father was old-time Pentecost, which had right. an effect on me because I saw the reality, and that's what I am right now. But yeah, I remember being called all of those things growing up, you know, on the oh, bus, yeah. on the bus, everything. But you're right. When there was trouble, then they came for my dad to pray for them. So I mean, well, uh, the last I was at a meeting here about uh, two years ago, and the last living person from the Azusa Street revival, he was a child when they were going on. He was in his eight mid eighties, and I got to sit down and talk with him for about an hour. It was absolutely astonishing. Yeah. Yeah, he was at this meeting and he shared how that the the glory of God was so powerful it was like a cloud, and uh, it would be you when you walked into it you couldn't see the people they disappear in it. Yes, and he said that the kids used to play hide and seek in it, and uh, parents were freaking out because they said they need to treat the glory of God with more uh, uh, respect in that. But old Pastor Seymour told them, "No, you let the kids play in that and be comfortable in the presence of God." as long as they tr- do it with respect. And so they play hide-and-seek in the glory of God that was around. And he said that they used to say that the fire department used to come because the building was on fire. And then the fire department would just say, is that that building on Azusa Street? And they'd say, no, that's just the glory of God. It just looks like fire. You know, as, we, really as, we've, been, so, as we've been talking this way, you know, that it would have been a good interview if we would have, uh, you know, that would have been a good interview, Don. <laughs> Well, we can come back. I was just—I was just talking with my friend here. I'm not doing an interview. I was just talking about things we have in common. It's just amazing because I said all that to say this remnant church is going to come back with that kind of authority and power. That's right. That's it's right. It's going to be the drawing card for this last wave revival. This you know end times revival of reaching people because they're going to the the vision the Lord gave me. It started off as a dream, and I had it about twenty times, and I'd wake up. Sometimes I'd have to be sweating so bad I had to go change my clothes. Just simply was people coming as far as the eye could see in every direction, and it's overwhelming. I mean, you're just like, what are you going to do? I mean, they're just going to overwhelm you. God said that's the hunger of the lost looking for God. 
Wow. It was like the locust invasions, you know. They just kept coming and coming and coming. Yeah. And what was really interesting is what the Lord shared with me then is is that the church is here to gather the lost. And if they won't gather the lost, if they won't go out and fight to gather the lost, they will be consumed by the lost. So when people come and they try to give them all their trinkets and this little thing and that little thing and they're not giving them God, they're going to absorb every resource they have and there'll be nothing left. Uh, that's how many people are going to be. You just can't do what we're doing because we got to have the supernatural power of God to satisfy the hunger in the hearts of humanity. And so that went from being a dream to a vision, open vision. And I used to just pray, God, please, I don't, I, it was so overwhelming. It get me so depressed and so that uh, I, I would ask God, I don't want to, I get, I get, I don't want to see it anymore. Uh, but I mean, it left an impression on me that that's all that matters, you know? No, you're... And, uh, so about four or five years ago, I just got up in our church and I told our people, I'm going to begin to prepare you for the end times harvest. If that's not on your heart, there's a hundred churches that will love to have you and we'll give you permission to go. But that's what we're going to do here. Amen. And, uh, <laughs> So that, you know, and that, you know what, though, it's had an incredible impact because people are, the, the, when the lay people really start to get what their mission is, it changes everything. You bet. It makes it easier to preach. It makes it easier to, I mean, they, they start coming to start trying to draw stuff. They're, they're trying to draw out of you. I mean, they, they, every time they come by, they throw a bucket in your well to see what's in there, you know? <laughs> no, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, my father, again, um, like I said, he was, he old time Pentecost and, and, and I'm I've I've moved in that reality because that's that's the only reality there is if you want to move like Watchman Nee said if you really want right. to move uh, with with the Word of God if you want it to be effective you've got to move in this reality and uh, he right. was so clear he really Watchman Nee I really respect him as he as he died for the cause of Christ resisting communism uh, uh, the same thing that's going on today then the pastors they had twelve days of of letting pastors testify against you the communist and if you're violating uh, communism and atheism and all of these type of things and and he was arrested because of pastors behind the pulpit testifying against him Don oh yeah. He was so far, his theological views were so far ahead of his time uh, that, you know, like, people just couldn't get it, though. And and that's that's exactly what's going to happen today. And uh, I'll tell you what, when I've ever been attacked, it's, it, it's from these type of pastors that don't move in the reality, don't move in Pentecost. It, it's these type of pastors that will attack you. Right. They'll criticize you. And, uh, you know, like I said, when the assemblies, well, got- you know, what you talk about judgment, you know, I mean, we were last night, we were just looking at the book of Acts a little bit, and we were talking about, you know, Festus and, and those guys that Paul was talking to, and, 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 and he was fearful of the judgment of God. Oh, yeah. Because it had happened, right, because it had just happened to Herod, just got ate by worms for not giving God glory. Totally. And it, it intrigued him, you know, and eventually, though, you know, he, he was, it said he was very close to coming to faith or whatever. But it was because of the judgment of God. And I think that we're about to enter into a time where we're going to begin to see, you know, the Ananias and Sapphira, the King Herod judgment, different stuff like that, where you're just not going to, you're not going to be able to monkey around with God's people, uh, you know, carte blanche like people have been able to do in the past. They're going to try and if people are going to, they're going to start right now, you know, they don't think they have to, but when this starts happening, they're going to start tiptoeing around the, 
eggshells because they don't know if they're going to be next or not. No, that's exactly right, Don. I, I, I remember I've been saying that for years. In fact, years ago when I when I was spending a lot of time in Africa and I was over church planting, there was a, a person really verbally uh, persecuting the right, uh, righteous pastor that worked for me in the church. And, and I gave a warning, you know, unless this man stops, the Spirit of God can just strike him dead. Uh, well, a couple months later, I get a call and say, uh, the Reverend Henson, what you warned came to pass. They found him dead. Malaria hit the brain and he just fell over outside a truck. Well, let me tell you, those days of Ananias and Sapphira, I've been saying, and I believe with all my heart, they are coming back. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, and I think it's going to, it's going to, you know, people think that they're going to be ready for it. I think it's going to, it's going to have such a, it's going to level people, man, uh, that are, you know, that don't, they're not, don't have their whole heart in the game. And, uh, Ananias and Sapphira. You know, I kind of know what you know what to do. You know, that's right. You know, one spouse uh, yeah. uh, lies for the other spouse, uh, tries to cover up the sin, and uh, they they both died. Well, uh, like I mentioned, the assemblies of God started in this Pentecost. You know, uh, Azusa Street, and and they were always, that's why they grew so quickly. But now there needs to be a tremendous revival because most of them, as you mentioned earlier, most of these type of churches now have exchanged the glory of God for complacency and just dead doctrine and uh, no power. And uh, the Assemblies of God needs a tremendous revival, as most of these churches do. Right. Well, it's about what what they've done is they, when the Bible says God doesn't share his glory with any man and... You know, when men start taking, they, they take glory upon themselves. That's what the scribes and the Pharisees were doing. People want to say the scribes and Pharisees were just hypocrites, but really what they were is they were glory thieves. They, they wanted to walk around acting like we are, we, you know, we're God almost. And they wouldn't want to say that, you know. And they were just such hypocrites that uh, today men take God, you know, they think they, they walk around saying, I got to, you know, $27 million building or $150 million building. And I got this and that and blah, 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 blah. You know, I mean, they, they, they couldn't cure somebody. Of, they, they couldn't get somebody healed of a sore throat. No, <laughs> they wouldn't even, they wouldn't even try. I agree. I agree. You know, and, and, and what they're doing is they're, they've exchanged that glory and they're trying to tell people that, and even that, you know, they go so far as to have the doctrine of, of prosperity, which actually it's so wrong because what it does is it just it just absolutely uncovers the spirit of luck yeah. in people and it it, it, it it marginalizes it and then it doctrinalizes that it's okay to have lust. And yeah. and so so much more that the more lust you have, the more blessed you are. Well it, it really creates ministers all t- you know, this doctrine has swept the world and it it makes these other nations, some of the leaders, so hard toward their own people, so callous, and actually even into thieves where they, they manipulate him into giving them money. They are tremendously rich, and yet their people are, many of them, in starvation. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, um, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to watch that happening, and I met a few of these guys, and I, and I, I actually ask them, you know, how can you, you know, and, and they, they've been told this by these people that go there, you know, that from America, that this is, you know, the, the gospel, the doctrine of God. But Paul, he, he just says, that he makes it very clear, that's just not true. He said some people believe that 
godliness as a means of financial gain. And then, and then, and then he goes after them and saying that's false doctrine. Uh, you know, uh, it's, I don't know. I just don't know how, how we read the Bible. And then we just carve out those little spots that we like, throw the rest of it away. And then we declare we had this, like this incredible gospel, you know, and some of it happens by our own fault because what happens is the people who are in the majority today, God, God's always bringing revelation and, 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 you know, into things, new things and whatever about what he's doing today. He's doing it right now. And it always comes, it always like, it kind of assaults the doctrine you're standing in right now. And it's very difficult. And so what happens, the people who are in the majority, they push those people out to the outer edge instead of embracing that and bringing it in and saying, how do we fold this into what we're doing? And they push them out there and then they get out to the outside edge. And then they, after they push them so far out, then the people start saying things like, I can find prosperity doctrine in every passage in the Bible. I know. Now it's, now that's become now you what you've done is what and what happens is is if a, a psychological and a spiritual thing happens they've been rejected by their brothers they don't call them heretics at first but they reject them as a heretic push them to the outside edge the person now takes up heretical activity by finding so narrow minded and and so single focused on a particular subject matter they're trying to prove and they shouldn't be trying to prove it and then and then what happens is the main line then declares them to be heretics. And then it's fair game for the heretic. You can do whatever you want then. And so, you know, I, I know I've known people, I've watched this happen. I've warned them about it. Don't 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 fall into that trap. Yeah. But they do. And then and then the next thing you know, you really can't even have fellowship with them because they only I mean, you talk about echo chambers. They only hang out with people who agree with them. They don't they won't let they won't even let you talk to them. I know. I know. These are people who are my dear, dear friends for for years. And it just a couple of them, you know, I can talk to them privately, but they don't want to. They don't want me involved in their meetings or groups, boy. Wow, <laughs> they don't. We want they don't, they don't want me anywhere near there. <laughs> I understand. I understand. I think. Right. I, I think the problem with these prosperity uh, preachers is they've never taken applied hermeneutics because they've taken right. things way out and and built a false doctrine out of it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I just gotta. Yep, it's 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 kind of, but you know, Christians, we have our own kind of hypocrisy. You know, believers. This is like with the scribes and the Pharisees. They took Jesus to the to Pilate because they said he was an insurrectionist because he was saying he was a king and he's going to cause all kind of problems. Well, Herod goes in and discovers that he is the king of the Jews, and he, and, and then he comes out and asks him who wants to release. They say, "No, give us Barabbas." Barabbas was a convicted insurrectionist that was charged for death, and they wanted him back for a person who was only who was only charged with with the insurrection with some kind of insurrection it almost is like what happened in January the 6th you know yeah well that's all be- summer all summer long we had all insurrection going everywhere and then they poised this thing at the capitol because it it was what they wanted and now you know it they have all those people right now that were at the capitol in solitary confinement and all the people who throughout all the summer who were arrested they get arrested, they release them right back on the street to go right back to what they're doing. So for supposedly the same crime. Well, it depends so on, it depends again on just like all of these countries where, where the revolutionists, uh, the guerrillas take power. Now they're the, the leaders of the nation where if they lost, they would have been executed for treason. And uh, so here you have a communist Marxist takeover 
and uh, they they stole the election. They're still in power, and so the the people that are truly patriots now they're the criminals. And and right. so I mean they want to release the revolutionists to continue to destroy America so they can finally declare uh, move us into a one world order. Oh yeah, they're working on it. <laughs> well, they're they're just stripping America, stripping our economy. They're doing everything they can to go so we go bankrupt. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> well, this is good. You know, Don, that was such a good conversation, even though it wasn't meant to be aired. I would like to play it. Uh, is that okay with you? It'll be fine. Because I'll tell you what, uh, the glory of God, and uh, you went into that in a little bit uh, in such a way I haven't heard it that way before, but people need to understand the importance of the glory of God and what used to be, can still be. And I'm so glad that that's what you want to do at your church. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, you've been listening to the Warning Radio Program, special guest, uh, Apostle Don Beasley. Uh, he is bringing, wants to bring the glory of God. In other words, let everything that is real come back to the church. He pastors Turning Point City Church, Dixon, Illinois. And now we'll close off today with a beautiful song from Gino and Ann Schmidt. They were guests in my service for the staff and their families. Teach me to hear your voice.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.